Welcome to the Perimenopausal Mamas podcast for hormonal mamas who want to reclaim their own natural state of health to thrive and raise healthy kids. I'm Dr. Lisa Weeks, naturopathic doctor in Toronto, Canada, and I'm a perimenopausal mama to my little boy named Stuart. And I'm Dr. Tony Reed, naturopathic doctor, birth doula, and hypnobirthing educator in Calgary, Canada, and I'm a perimenopausal mama to my little girl, Frankie. Thanks for supporting us for the past 100 episodes. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also support us by visiting our Patreon page, where you can find out how you can join us for our monthly patron webinar, where we do a deeper dive discussion about all things perimenopause. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not meant to substitute professional medical advice. Always consult with your licensed healthcare provider. Welcome back, everyone, to the Perimenopausal Mamas podcast. Today, this is Dr. Tony, and I'm here with Dr. Lisa. Yay! Hey, Tony. Hi, Lisa. Good to be doing episodes with you and everyone. This is part two of our, you know, nutritional mess ups you might not realize you're making, which really could be impacting your hormone health in perimenopause. Um, so absolutely, if you haven't listened to part one, just I'd, I'd recommend just stopping, go to the previous episode, episode 187. Um, uh, again, you, you should be able to easily do that wherever you're listening to your podcast. We'll also have a link in the show notes. Um, because we covered five nutritional mess ups that you may be making that you could easily switch up to really support hormone health. And today we're going to be talking about six more. So what do you think, Lisa? Should we just dive in? Let's go for it, Tony. I'm sure everybody's holding their breath, hoping they're not (laughs) making these mistakes. (laughs) Let's end the suspense. So number six is uh, we find that a lot of women are not getting in enough fiber. And, and this is not uncommon, especially if you're eating a kind of typical standard North American diet. Uh, You may think, okay, sure, I'll eat fiber. And then you're reaching for, you know, processed fiber products. There are certain like cereals or bars that are really marketed as having more fiber. And so some people will reach for those. Some people will even reach for different fiber products. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, why am I hesitating just like naming a brand? Um, you know, something like Metamucil is like so common that my patients will come in and say, oh yeah, I'm taking Metamucil. Okay, great. That may even be better than um, doing a processed fiber, you know, like a processed cereal bar or or a cereal that has a lot of extra sugar in it. However, uh, something that you may be looking if you're taking any kind of extra fiber that way is what's on the label. Is there extra sugar in there? Or is there an artificial sweetener that could absolutely be throwing off your metabolic health. We do know that artificial sweeteners uh, are, you know, again, not great when it as as a, 
alternative to sugar. So something to look for that way. Now, fiber is, of course, incredibly important. Most people in North America are not getting enough fiber. And it's really easy to get fiber sources that are really nutrient dense and that are, again, easy to add into what you're already eating. Now, why do you, why would you want to have more fiber? You can, thinking of hormone health, it's really directly related to gut health and related to the beneficial bacteria along your gut. Fiber is a prebiotic. So it feeds that good bacteria that we need. And it really supports that. Now, how do you pronounce the estrobilome? Is that right, Lisa? Do I call it the estrobiome, but maybe they have a different way of saying it. I, I think it's so, you know, jury's still out on what the, I, I think the, the actual say potato, I say potato. Kind of, right? We're referring to the same thing anyway. <laughs> We're referring to the same thing. It's, a, it's that microbiome. It's that collection of that beneficial bacteria along our gut, which is crucial for actually supporting our hormone balance. So it actually breaks down our, your estrogen and prevents, you know, estrogen breakdown products from being reabsorbed into your body. And, and that's a good thing. That's an important thing that these little bacteria have a really important job, because then they are helping to prevent kind of excessive levels of estrogen in your body, which are linked with some not fun things like breast pain, or irregular periods, mood swings, headaches, acne, bloating, and other digestive issues. Um, And you may be thinking, oh, well, you know, in perimenopause and menopause, don't we drop our estrogen and and we kind of want higher estrogen? I wish it was that simple, right, Lisa? Um, With with perimenopause, it really is, you know, a lot of women can fluctuate and go up and down and still have excessive levels of estrogen. So this is where that, that fiber is really key to support that bacteria to do their really important job to keep that estrogen and eliminate it properly so that we aren't overloaded with estrogen or or especially we don't have a relative excess of estrogen, especially compared to other hormones like progesterone. So there are so many different ways that you can get fiber really simply where you don't necessarily have to buy a supplement, you can actually get it through food. Yay. So the fiber, uh, you can get fiber from those brassica veggies that also supports the liver to break down estrogen. So, um, you know, your broccoli, your cabbage, your cauliflower, your kale, your Brussels sprouts. Um, I'm a super big fan of getting fiber from ground flax seeds. Um, again, we talked about it last episode in terms of supporting those that phytoestrogen level in the body. Also, like lentils and chickpeas have those lignans that uh, are converted to phytoestrogens by that really important bacteria. So those are really great sources. And Lisa did an amazing job of listing out how much fiber you can get in a number of different um, again, whole food, nutrient dense sources. 
So that will definitely be linked in the show notes. So you can go there. Um, you know, like two tablespoons of chia seeds has 10 grams of fiber that packs a good punch. Um, ground flax seeds typically have a little less. I think it also even depends on the brand. So again, if you're buying it in a package, you can look on the label. Ground flax seeds will have around like four to seven grams of fiber. You can even get uh, a fiber from things like pumpkin seeds, dried coconut. There's, you know, about five grams of fiber per two tablespoons. Almonds, sesame seeds will have four grams. Oh, I love to see this. One cup of raspberries has eight grams of fiber. I love raspberries, especially freshly picked raspberries in the summer. Um, And even again, like the broccoli cooked one cup of cooked broccoli, five grams of fiber, a one cup of cooked green peas, nine grams, lentils has a good amount. Um, Lentils, split peas, black beans have 15 to 16 grams of fiber per um, for one cup. So, and you can even go with your like classic steel cut oats, um, five grams of fiber for, you know, two tablespoons. So, Fiber, 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 definitely get it in there. And you may, if if you're not having a lot of fiber right now, you may want to increase it slowly so that your body can adjust. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to go from like five grams a day to 30 the next. Your body's going to protest a little bit and your family. (laughs) Yeah. And you might be like shaking your fist at us. Dr. Tony, Dr. Lisa, what are you doing to me? No, no, take it slow, slow and steady, lean into it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's interesting to see like a lot of people don't get the recommended, which can vary. They say maybe up to 25 grams. We usually say 30 grams per day for females, up to 38 grams per day for males. But, you know, if you can tolerate a bit more and it's from real whole foods, all the better. But yeah, increase it slowly and it's going to help your hormone health. It's going to help you feel full. It's going to help you be regular with your stools. And, And we know that the gut is another site of detoxification. And like Tony said, the prebiotics, the fiber is so key to feed the bacteria. So they can then act to help us detoxify from the estrogen and other um, things we're exposed to as well. So I think that's a good start. So that's number six, because we covered the five before. Um, Lisa, can I I tell a like a super, super quick story, especially again, like you said, really great for bowel regularity. I once had a woman come to see me. She, I think, had constipation issues for like 20 years. And so typically I'll always say, okay, ground flax seeds. And then people ask me, well, how do you eat the ground flax seeds? And I typically will say, okay, you know, sprinkle it on some oatmeal or sprinkle it in a salad or some yogurt. Again, if dairy works for you. This woman actually just took two tablespoons of ground flax seed, mixed it with water and drank it every evening came back and no more constipation. Amazing. And that's hardcore. I don't, I that don't is hardcore. <laughs> yes. So I, so I always tell people, I don't recommend that and look at what's possible. That's right. Yeah. One change problem solved. Too bad you didn't see it 20 years ago, Tony. I know, <laughs> Better right? late than never. Better, Better late than, than never. Than never. <laughs> 
Um, so I can move on to number seven. Um, so number seven is not front loading your diet with a good meal to start, right? A lot of times people are really rushed. So they may not be eating much in the morning for several reasons. So you might be really rushed. So it's like you get the kids breakfast, you get the kids lunch pack for school or camp, but you're just kind of nibbling and grazing on whatever is there and not being intentional about what you're eating. So that could be one reason. And I'll talk about why we want to front load our diet. Another reason can be that you're following intermittent fasting, and that may be working for you, you may be feeling good, but you might notice certain times of the month or where you are in relation to your period. And I know it can be a regular in perimenopause, but sometimes it can be really hard to follow that and you need more calories before the week before your period as you're building up that lining you actually no wonder we crave more sugar more carbohydrates more processed foods with that PMS time the premenstrual time um, so we want you to listen to your body and see like would you take your car out of the driveway without a full gas tank well, maybe half a gas tank, maybe quarter gas tank, but it's definitely not going to be on empty, right? Um, so we want to look at maybe if you eat a little bit more for breakfast or certain times of the month, you eat breakfast before, you know, you're leading up to your period the week before. Or so you might have more energy in the day and then you might find you're not binging on things that maybe you wouldn't otherwise eat if you weren't front loading your diet. So I'm commonly recommending to patients now, and I do this myself, if it's the week before my period, and again, you might not know when it's coming in perimenopause, but you probably get some other signals that it may be starting. Front load your diet and maybe increase a little bit of the breakfast that you're eating. Maybe increase the little, the amount of lunch that you're having. So maybe instead of having two eggs, you'll have three eggs. Maybe have instead of having, you know, a quarter or a third of an avocado, you'll double that. Um, so just getting ahead of those cravings and increased hunger that can happen with PMS. Or if you're having a really busy day and you're very active and running around. So you know you're going to have the fuel to keep you going. Because I have done intermittent fasting in the past. And I felt good for a certain period in my life. Right now, it doesn't feel good for me. And I found it really challenging right before I would get my period because then I would binge in the afternoons on in the afternoon on things that weren't so healthy for me because my body wasn't getting what it needed to fuel. And it was like, yeah, sure, have that extra, you know, have those extra chips, have this, have that. And I wasn't able to get enough protein either. Um, so fasting has benefits. And there's definitely a time and a place but constantly reevaluate where you are in your life if it's right for you. Um, and fasting for over 14 hours, 16 hours may increase the release of your stress hormone cortisol, especially if your blood sugar really drops, because that's a message to release glucose out of your muscle muscles and your liver so that your brain and your body has glucose to thrive. So if your blood sugar is really dipping, we actually trigger the release of cortisol because then that cortisol tells us to free up glucose. So it's a fine balance depending on your metabolic health, um, but really pay attention to see if it's working for you. And people often say, you know, I don't feel hungry in the morning and you may not, but there are hunger cues outside of actually just feeling hunger or feeling something in your stomach. It could be that you're fatigued, that you can't think clearly and your brain fog is really bad, or maybe you have a headache. That can be a sign of a low 
of low blood sugar as well. So definitely consider how you're starting your day. You know, if you're making your kids a healthy breakfast, double the amount so you have something for yourself um, or make them hopefully something you can all eat and then and share that together so you're not making different things. But it makes a huge difference. So I'm no longer getting those um, extreme cravings in the afternoon before I get my period. This was also a big learning for me too, Lisa, actually, when I did the continuous glucose monitor, I think that was the, the, the biggest lesson that I got when I did that is that I wasn't eating enough in the morning. And I was just kind of scraping by again, I was really running on fumes. And I found that now that I'm really more conscious of eating more in the morning, then yeah, I'm not having the same kind of cravings in the afternoon or even in the evening after dinner. And my energy is just so much better. My brain is, uh, is typically works better. And, <laughs> and I'm just feeling so much better overall. So definitely, I think that's a really key piece that a lot of women may not realize that they're doing. And I think I put number seven and eight together, but I have a number 10. So this this will be number seven still. I can add one at the end, Tony, when we're done. But I put seven and eight together because eight was going to be about where you are in your menstrual cycle and what you need. But it is great to have that awareness. And we have talked about menstrual cycle awareness um, and different times of the month where you're best suited to do certain types of exercise or rest. But as I mentioned, definitely getting a couple hundred extra calories leading up to your period and being being intentional about it. So those cravings don't get out of control, whether it's, you know, snacking while you're making dinner for the kids or that 3pm crash or after the kids go to bed, not being able to, you know, just savor a small amount of food. It's like, whoa, where did that whole bag of chips go? Or where did the pint of ice cream go? So um, I think that's a great number seven. So should we move on to number nine? I guess it's related as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, or sorry, number eight, would it be? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're they're all kind of related. And I think that was a really good point that again, you combine there, Lisa, with where you're at in the, your menstrual cycle and really looking at that cyclical living, which again we'll uh, link to the show notes on our episode around that. And for those of us who aren't having a regular cycle anymore, um, then you can also follow the moon cycles. Um, because that can really have an impact. So really paying attention to those cycles, because yeah, is your body necessarily going to have the same demands every single day? No, not really. <laughs> Again, our world is is basically designed for, you know, a 24 hour cycle. But as women, we definitely have these monthly cycles that are key to pay attention to. And absolutely, that does kind of go, even my story goes a little bit into, you know, number eight, which is too much calorie restriction and too much restricting of foods. Typically, again, you may have a, a may start this and, and it may feel good at the start, but for most people, they can only follow it so long and it backfires, especially if it's going too severe and really going overboard beyond what really works for your body. Because being in a severe calorie deficit 
is again, a form of stress on the body. Like you mentioned, Lisa, that can really increase your cortisol stress hormone. You can really throw off your blood sugar and our body is designed to respond to that. With that cortisol, again, it can release more sugar from your liver. And, and again, that can really throw things off and create more, you know, spikes and, and dips instead of really stable blood sugar, which can also really throw up your metabolism. And you also, you know, may lose weight, but you can also lose muscle mass if you're not getting enough protein with that calorie restriction. Because again, protein is really providing those amino acids, those building blocks for your muscle. So that all can happen. Plus some, you know, we mentioned fatigue, brain fog can really negatively impact your immune system. So you may start to pick up all of the colds that your kids are are coming home with and really may find that you're not resilient in terms of your immune function. And some people can really get start to get more obsessed with food and, um, and can even start to look at developing uh, a disordered eating, even something as, as severe as orthorexia, which is, you know, where you're really restricting your food and becoming obsessed with the foods that you're putting in your body. Um, and again, with that restriction for a lot of people, then that can trigger more binging and you may have more uncontrollable eating habits when you do let yourself eat. Or you may choose foods that aren't as nourishing or nutrient dense, um, again, because of that restriction and deprivation. So that's really something to watch for. And again, unfortunately, way too many women are experiencing that. I know it's so shocking how many women come to me and they've been told by their trainer or somebody else who's doing a weight loss program that they need to get in only 1200 calories a day. And this is a big red flag, right? And a lot of times they come to me and they're like, I've done this for a few months and I haven't lost any weight and I feel like crap and my hair is falling out. My periods are regular. It's really light. Um, There can be all of these issues that happen or if they lose weight, it may happen quickly in a short amount of time, but then they can't keep it off. They regain it and more because then their body was like, oh, you weren't giving me enough. Now, you know, you can only do that for so long until it backfires. Um, So definitely don't restrict the calories. Those patients, when they go back up to a more regular calorie intake, and it's different for each person, I'm not even going to say any numbers. I don't even usually get people to calculate, but um, they still stay the same weight. And then when we do other things, then we may support weight loss. So, um, you know, if they're restricting, it's really not going to help you in the long term. And yeah, you can lose your hair, your period, you might think you're in menopause early, but you're just restricting calories too much. Um, so definitely don't fall into that trap. And along with that trap takes us to number nine, going low fat. I know, Tony, when we were growing up, right, it was all about low fat. So don't eat any fat, don't eat eggs, cholesterol is bad. So what did we choose? I would choose bagels. I'm like, there's no fat, I guess, in the bagels I bought, or maybe I was clueless. Um, but I didn't think there was much fat in them. I was like, oh, low fat nibs, they're healthy. These are things that I would snack on because they were low 
fat and our brain is 60% fat. If we don't have the right healthy fats in our diet, our brain can't work properly. We can't think clearly. Um, we actually, our mood will be impacted. We know omega-3 can support mood and help prevent depression. Um, we're realizing inflammation in the brain leads to can lead to anxiety and depression. I know there's the neurotransmitter, um, you know, effects on the brain, but we know inflammation in the brain is key and getting in a lot of omega three keeps inflammation in check in the brain. Um, so don't be scared of fat. Of course, you can overindulge on anything like if you're eating cups of nuts a day, three avocados, yeah, like the tub of peanut butter every day, of course, you could overdo it. But don't be scared of fat. It's going to help you stay full. It's so good for your skin, for your brain, even as an internal lubricant to help with digestion, right? If people aren't getting hydrated with water, they can have issues if they're not getting in healthy fats, even their joints, their digestive system isn't going to function um, properly. And a lot of people get confused about the types of fats. We do typically get more omega-6 in our diet than omega-3 because omega-6 is found in a lot of the nuts, the seeds, the sunflower, canola oil, soybean oil, safflower, corn oil, um, omega-3, we do get, because the best sources tend to be like fish. You can get them from flax seeds and other um, nuts and seeds, but we have to convert them to what's called EPA and DHA. And we're not that effective at converting it to the most beneficial omega-3. Um, ALA is the type that's found in, you know, flax, etc. We don't convert it very well to the EPA and the DHA. So we do convert some if you get flax oil, flax seeds, different nuts and seeds, you'll convert a little bit, but you want to include fish oil, algae oil, if you're vegan or vegetarian, and you don't have fish. Um, but most people get a ratio omega six to omega three, the ratio of 10 to one. So definitely a lot more omega six, 10 parts to one part omega three. The ideal ratio is four to one of omega six to omega three. So getting in some omega six, um, but not as low as that 10 to 1 ratio. It's a 4 to 1 ratio. So we want to be intentional about that. And yes, we get a little bit worried about, you know, consuming too much fish, depending on the type based on the mercury content and heavy metal and different chemical toxin um, makeups as well. Um, but if you're getting small fish, wild caught fresh water, you know, not having a lot of the big fish like tuna, doing more sardines, herring, anchovy, um, wild caught salmon, etc. That's going to benefit you. And omega nine is great, too. That's found in olive oil, avocado, avocado oil. Um, among they also have omega six, but getting a variety of fats is so good for the brain and for your hormones. And just to help you stay full, we release the satiety hormones. When we have some fat, when we have some protein, if it's just carbohydrates, low fat, we're going to be hungry and our blood sugar is going to be all over the place. So the omegas, the healthy fats do help to stabilize our blood sugar. So it's looking at, okay, what are you eating? You can still have nuts and seeds, but can you get in some fish? Can you get in some algae oil if you're um, vegetarian or vegan? Um, do you have any other favorites or recommendations around getting fat in the diet, Tony, I love getting an avocado, definitely ground flax seeds, hemp seeds, chia seeds, 
some nuts. Some, I love pumpkin seed butter. That's my favorite. Um, those are, and then obviously fish. I love getting it. I get these really good salmon burgers from the Big Carrot here in Toronto. We'll cook salmon. Um, once a week, I'll have occasionally some canned tuna because I do like it, but I try not to get it too often just because of the, the heavy metals. But I know I feel more satiated if I get some fat in and who doesn't love a good guacamole, right? <laughs> That's another good Absolutely. Way to get it yeah, I love all of those ideas, Lisa. And yeah, I'm a big fan of definitely having some fish oil in the fridge. And typically that fish oil is, you know, made from either wild salmon or even smaller fish like herring or sardines or anchovies. So again, if you're, you have a, the, the taste buds that like those small fish, then you can definitely benefit from having some of those small fish. Um, and yes, absolutely tuna and that kind of thing. And that's again, another piece where uh, some people have really uh, dragged in this, you know, that low fat kind of approach in the 80s and 90s into this millennium where they're really looking at, you know, thinking vegetable oils are really healthy, but they're really not. And that's the, the oils that are typically used in those highly processed foods. So if you're really wanting to look at increasing your omega-3 um, to omega-6 ratio and decreasing omega-6 in your diet, you're really best off by reducing the amount of highly processed foods that you're eating as well. For sure. Yeah. I think this came from um, calorie counting, right? Because a gram of mm -hmm. fat has nine calories, whereas a gram of carbohydrates or protein has four, but fat is going to make you feel fuller. So you're actually going to eat less in the long term. You'll probably eat like more than double the amount of carbohydrates, probably triple if you don't get in some fat. So it's, it, it can backfire. So when you're looking at just numbers that way, I can see why people were thinking it was good to avoid. But um, definitely, we went through a lot of good reasons to, to get it in even for your mood too, and skin and, and all of those good things. Absolutely. And <clears throat> excuse me, the next thing to really watch for is to actually know yourself. And when you don't know your tendencies when it comes to food, then you can really get caught off guard and really get yourself stuck into some bad habits around food. Uh, you know, uh, this really speaks to me personally, because as I'm sure I've shared before on the podcast, I've always grown up with, you know, qu being quite sensitive to sugar and having quite a sweet tooth. So I know for myself that I'm much better off actually leaving those things out of the house. And, you know, it's a really a conscious choice to do that. And then I have to make more conscious choices when they come into the house because I haven't brought them in, but someone else has brought them in. So I do know for myself that once I start eating sugar, typically I can't stop. Um, so, and sometimes it can work to let myself have just a little bit of chocolate and sugar so that I'm not really, again, feeling deprived or overeating. But I'm again, I'm really specific about what that intake is so that I don't get caught up in that cycle of really highly processed um, food. So that's where my, you know, typically, you know, really reaching for snacks that again taste really good, you know, thinking of, you know, protein and healthy fats, you know, that's where my hemp power balls come in. Maybe I'll, I'll put in that recipe again in the show notes this time because. 
they're really tasty. They have, you know, the some nut butter, they have hemp oil, but they also have molasses and they have some cocoa powder. So I'm not depriving myself. I'm getting in a nice treat that I know will not, you know, snowball. <laughs> so that, and, and that's why I really know myself when it comes to that, what really works for me and what doesn't work for me. Definitely. I think that's so important to know. Um, Like I love having, I'll have like a midday square every day. They're like a chocolate, raw chocolate kind of, if you will, in quote, superfood where it doesn't spike your blood sugar, but it keeps you satiated and satisfied. So I'll have one of those a day and I'll have a little bit of dark chocolate every day after lunch. So those, that's what I get in every day. And then I find I don't feel deprived and I'm not binging later. Although Tony, if I have chips in the house, if I have popcorn, if I have, you know, any kind of chips. I love like the truffle oil kettle chips. Oh my gosh, those are killer. Um, plantain <laughs> chips, anything like that. Um, tortilla chips, I'll, I'll overeat them. Like I'm more salty, crunchy, but I know, so I try not to buy them too often. And now what I do is I put a serving size in a bowl, if I'm being good, instead of bringing the bag over to the couch or, you know, if I'm on my computer doing something uh, and being intentional and trying to eat it mindfully, ideally not watching or doing anything other than just enjoying the food, which a lot of times we don't do because then we don't even realize we're eating it. And then before we know it, the bag is gone. It's like, oh my gosh, did I even like enjoy that or taste that? What's happening? here. Um, So for me, it's the salty and then just letting myself have some chocolate every day. And then even knowing yourself in terms of what happens when life gets busy, right? Do you need to meal plan? Can you get a meal delivery service for that period of time? Can you stock up your freezer when things aren't so busy? You know, there's so many options out there of frozen prepared foods that actually are pretty good, right? Like if you go to your local health food store, check the ingredients, um, you know, make sure there's not too many things in there that you don't recognize, but I get these really good um, organic like turkey and chicken meatballs or burgers that you just bake in the oven. I mentioned those um, pan, those salmon burgers. They don't have breading or anything. You just pan fry them. They're really quick and easy. Getting a whole roasted, hopefully organic, doesn't have to be chicken. Um, there's so many ways to have quick and easy food on hand, even the Sunflower Kitchen prepared soups or the pre-washed greens. Um, so having things on hand because life will get busy and that's when we typically then do take out or just reach for the frozen foods that aren't going to totally nourish us. And maybe part of the meal will be, you know, whatever those chicken fingers are you have in the fridge, but then you have some pre-rushed greens you have with it. So you do your best as a mom, as a, as a busy person, um, but getting ahead of those busy time periods. And even if it means you get a meal delivery service, you have some things frozen in the freezer um, just as backup. So that can be a good option too. Definitely, Lisa, especially because again, life, life is going to get busy. So really having some backups, so that you're not completely falling off track with getting in good nutrition. And because it can be a little bit challenging to, you know, fall completely off and then get back on again. So I and it's all about doing your best as well. Exactly. So sometimes it might not look the way you want it to, but that's okay. You can get back on track at any time. So no guilt around that. If you're putting food in your mouth and your kid's mouth, you are winning. (laughs) Well, hopefully you're not at different ages. You're putting it in literally, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I I no longer put it in his mouth. He's six and a half. So I think they're picking up what you're putting down, Lisa. (laughs) Oh my gosh. 
All right. So I think, again, we covered all of the the nutrition mistakes that people really need to be more aware of and more intentional, right? I think so. Yeah, definitely. Great. So let's switch gears and let's talk about our super mom moments, our mama mess ups and our mama must haves. Sounds good. So Tony, you're going to share your super mom moment today. Yes. Um, I've, especially now that it's summer and Frankie's still again, getting older, she's been practicing biking on her two wheel bike without, and she's never had any training wheels. We've, we've had a little, you know, kind of, um, what do they call them? Bike buddy bars, handlebars that that we attach to the back wheel. Uh, and it's been so much fun. So I've been walking with her as she's been biking to today home. But just in the past couple of weeks, I've been able to get on my bike too. And we both bike today home together. She's doing so well. It's so awesome. And so definitely a super mom moment for me to really see her um, excel. And, and again, it's just a whole new era, right? Yeah, they do things you like to do. It's not just playing with the toys that are, you know, monotonous for you. <laughs> Absolutely. And now we can go for family bike rides around the city. It's, yeah, it's, it's, we're having a fun summer. So. Oh, I love to hear that. That's a great super mom moment. Thanks, Lisa. And now Lisa, I know you're an amazing mom. And I think you have a mama mess up to share with us. I do. Yeah. So, well, it started off as a super bum moment because I took Stuart away for two nights to a friend's cottage. She has a son who's uh, just about two years older than Stuart. Um, so we had a blast, uh, took him out of camp because he's getting kind of tired of the camp that he's in right now. He has some more exciting ones lined up, but um, we had a blast and they had, you know, they slept in the bunk bedroom together. So of course they were up later at night. They didn't get to bed at a good time. They got up really early. We were really active with swimming and kayaking and playing. Um, so we, the day we were leaving, we had a nice morning and a nice lunch and I could see that he was overtired same with his friend um so they didn't know what to do they were like whining we're bored blah blah blah. he really wanted to play his computer but we weren't going to do that um so i was trying to get them to pick an activity and play together but they weren't really doing that they were just kind of like a little tired and not doing much and i was trying to pack and clean up so i didn't really take the time to give Stuart some attention so we ended up having a meltdown he was crying and kind of lost it and i had to you know work help him work through that and be there for him which was fine but looking back if i just took even 10 15 minutes i played hide and seek with them i did something like that i gave Stuart some more attention then um that, that meltdown probably would not have happened so who knows it could have they were overtired but it might have helped to divert it because it did take longer than the 10-15 minutes to help them work through it and then for me to get back on track so it's just a reminder even that 10 minutes of of time with your kid can save you more time in maybe a, a blowout or a meltdown so that was my mess up Oh, and something to pay attention to. And again, like Lisa, hindsight's twenty twenty, so you never know, right? This is true. I didn't know he was going to have that meltdown, but I kind of could see something might have happened. But you know, it's okay. I was being, I was being optimistic, but I guess my head was in the sand. So, Aww. Aww. <laughs> okay. you're you're still a great mom, Lisa. Oh, thank you. Um, and Tony, let's go to our must-haves. What are you loving right now? 
For sure. Well, especially with the lovely summer weather that we're having here in Calgary, I am loving this fabric summer hat that I have so that, you know, you can have a, a hat that you can just throw into a bag in case you need it, or even a hat that you can like wear while you're in the lake so that you can still have some sun coverage, but, uh, you know, you're not worried about getting it dirty or wet or someone sitting on it or anything like that. So, that's definitely my uh, favorite must have right now that I cannot live without. How about Sounds you, Lisa? Um, yeah, so tagging on to the going away with just Stuart and I, Pete didn't come. Um, so I lined up a couple of podcasts and stories on Spotify. So I did a search and there's a podcast called Story Pirates where kids make up stories and share them and they're hilarious. And then there was story time with Philip and mommy fill up with one L they were telling some bluey stories which are, are pretty funny in and of themselves and then I found a podcast called but why a podcast for curious kids so it's all the questions kids ask their parents or even the myths that were passed down to us from our parents um, they get an expert to come on and answer those so we played like we talked for part of the ride and Stuart once he started to get a little restless and I'd put either a story on or one of these podcasts and he was laughing and entertaining the whole time. Um, so that was awesome. He didn't even fall asleep on the way up, but he fell asleep on the way home because he was just so overtired, but um, pretty entertaining for the adults as well. So we'll, we'll list those in our show notes. I love that. That's such a great idea to, again, keep them entertained on a road trip without giving them a screen. Exactly. Amazing, Lisa. So uh, let's all just let everyone know what else is happening with us. My next hypnobirthing session for expecting parents looking to decrease the fear, anxiety around labor and birth and to support their natural instincts is happening this fall. So you can join me at hypnobirthingcalgary.com slash register. And Dr. Lisa will be back with more exciting wild women adventures and wild Oh my goodness, wild. A wild collective. <laughs> wild collective. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> It's Monday I'm, when we're recording. Our brain's still on weekend mode. It's all good. <laughs> I could not think of the Wild Collective. Thank you. Um, in the fall. So stay tuned. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And if you're interested in looking at our show notes, you can find them at perimenopausalmamas.com. You can email us, connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We would love for you to subscribe. Leave us a review and a five-star rating if you enjoyed this episode. And you can support us by visiting our Patreon page too. And please tell your perimenopausal mama friends about us. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.